ready for true happiness, for deep fulfillment, for feeling alive, on purpose, and in control of your life again, it's time to be the bold, brilliant, beautiful woman you were born to be. Welcome to the Purpose Girl Podcast. I'm women's happiness and life purpose expert, Karen Rockhunt, and I'm going to teach you how to live on purpose, feel alive, and be happy in every aspect of life. I'm going to get real about my life and interview women who are living on purpose so that you can finally live yours. Welcome to the show. Hello, 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 my purpose girls. So today we're going to talk about something that might feel hard and sad, and then we're going to talk about how to shift it. We're talking about grief and how to glow afterwards. I've shared a lot about my fertility journey, and one thing I don't think I've really talked about was the massive amount of grief that I felt. The loss, the sheer feeling like my body had been ripped apart and that nothing would ever get better again. I specifically remember after the second miscarriage, being in my temple space, that's my, what I call my office, of course, and on the floor, just wailing and empty and really not knowing what to do with my grief. Unfortunately, soon thereafter, I decided to start working with a sensuality mentor. You've heard me talk about her, Mama Gina, and not even knowing that my grief would have anything to do with my sensuality. But she taught me a way to move that grief through my body in a way that allowed it to alchemize into pure gold, pure radiance. We can't avoid the grief. We're going to have so much loss in our life. And we think about these times that we're living in. There is so much grief. And we can do it differently. And we can shift it. And it can become the most powerful emotion and tool. The question is just how. My guest today is the expert in this. Sarah Chizik is a soul sister, a friend, a colleague. She is the, the grief and sensuality coach. After losing her dad when she was four and being largely numb to the pain of loss for many, many years, she learned how to alchemize her pain and turn her grief into her superpower. Now she empowers women to harness the energy of grief, anger, stuckness, and turn this energy into joy, into pleasure, into power to unlock their desires. Oof, yummy. Sarah leads workshops. She has an online community. She offers private and group coaching. And I'm so, so, so honored and excited to introduce you to my soul sister, woman extraordinaire, Sarah. Welcome to the Purpose Girl Podcast. Woohoo! Thank you so much. Oh, what a delightfully juicy intro. <laughs> so great to be here. It's something I love about you, Sarah. When you were still in corporate and I was in New York, we went into your building, right? And had breakfast, but like we found a little corner and just like juiced each other up by sharing, like, let's just have like 15 minutes of brags and like you bragged and then I bragged and then you bragged and then I bragged. And we both like, you could just see we were getting like flushed as if we were <laughs> orgasming, which we kind of were, but it was like all based on just sharing our lives in this really yummy way. It was so good. Yeah, we were totally getting high on our own energy in there. <laughs> I know, it was so good. It was like eight in the clock in the morning and people were right. like just getting their coffee and rolling into the office. And you and I were just like juicing up this corner of corporate America. I bet some great shit happened that day in that office. And they didn't yeah. even know why. Like they didn't even know what hit them, but like some queen energy had been released throughout the mm -hmm. whole thing. It was so good. So oh, good. Yeah. <laughs> so Sarah, something that has always amazed me about you since I've known you is, you know, you lost your dad at four. That is, I can't even imagine. I mean, it makes me cry just thinking about it. And here you are, this powerful woman. And it's like, how do, how do you go from one to the other? And so I'd love for you to start with just your own 
journey and then we'll all get into our own grief and how we shift it. Yeah, thank you for that. So I did, I lost my dad um, when I was really young. And when you're a kid, you know, children have a very limited understanding of death, of the concept of grief. And I was lucky in that after my dad passed away, my mom remarried an amazing man. And by the time I was five, my life looked relatively normal again. Um, But it wasn't until I grew older into, especially in my 20s, where I really felt this gaping hole in my heart. Mm. Um, That just, you know, there was a lot of unattended grief that I hadn't really taken a look at um, for you know, multiple reasons. I was busy trying to, you know, be good in school, get the job, et cetera, have a social life, all the things that normal kids do. But when I got to my 20s and I had kind of gone through those like good girl steps, almost like all the things that I quote unquote thought I should do, I was really unhappy and I was really feeling stuck in my life journey. I felt lost in my purpose. I was really disempowered in my job. I literally sat at the table with the CEO of Amazon, which should have been like a career defining moment. And I was right. right? And I was sitting there and I was like, oh, there's got to be something more than this. And it was a moment that I had been working for my entire professional career. And same in like the the men department, I was having lots of kind of unconscious sex with unavailable men and just feeling this really like short-term high that then I'd feel this like loss and this pain creep in, this kind of abandon, this abandonment wound sure. um, would, would pop up. So there was a lot of effort going to like shutting down my emotions. Mm-hmm. And it wasn't until I walked into the School of Womanly Arts with Karen and my teacher, Regina Thomashauer, and I was really able to feel that pain. And that's when the transition happened, actually taking a look at the hard stuff and facing my grief, allowing myself to truly feel all of the pain that I had been shoving under the rug for many, many years. That was a moment that I had avoided at all costs my entire life. And here I was. Here you were in a room of 900 women, all of us grieving our own grief at the same time. It makes sense to me that you would shut it down. I mean, that that kind of loss can be so unbearable and so painful that we don't want to face it, right? Like we fill it. What I'm hearing is like, let's fill it with men. Let's fill it with the right job. Let's fill it with any sort of external accolade that I can have. Or for some people, it might be, let's fill it with shopping or let's fill it with food or whatever. And especially because you were so young. And then since you did have a wonderful father figure, father in your life from five on, you probably weren't even aware of any loss, right? Because you were so young. It's like almost like everything had covered it up. Exactly. Yeah. And then it started to seep through the cracks. My grief started to seep through the cracks in ways that... um, I I couldn't have foreseen, but it was like, oh, something here needs to be tended to. Something here um, needs something from me, right? Right. And it's something from you as opposed to something from all of these other external sources, which understandably is where most of us go first. Like if I just get that job, I'll feel good. If I just get, I mean, you're sitting at a table with the CEO of Amazon, right? It like doesn't get any bigger than that. And something still felt like it was missing. Yeah, exactly. Exactly. And our grief is such an iceberg, right? I think that we can acknowledge we live in a culture, in a society that really um, it encourages us to shut down from the hard emotions to, you know, put other people's emotional wealth before your own emotional health. And, and mm-hmm. so there was this layer of the iceberg that I hadn't even scratched the surface of. Mm. You know, it's so interesting being in this world of happiness that I'm in. 
Yeah. Because there's a misconception that we just want to put a yellow smiley face on everything in positive psychology. And that is not true. Like, please let me debunk this myth right now, though I'm pretty sure any of you who listen to this podcast, you follow me at all, you know that I don't buy into that bullshit. We can't have the fullness of our happiness without the fullness of all of our emotions. It's not possible if you shut out grief, if you shut out anger, you're going to shut out a level of joy that is available to you also. And the deepest happiness isn't any sort of fake happiness. It's deep fulfillment. And so deep fulfillment necessarily, the word fulfill has to come from filling yourself up. And we're all going to live a very human life that's going to be filled with so many emotions, with the full range or as Mama Gina, Regina Thomas-Shower talks about the 88 keys. I love to think of women as the mountain range, right? Like we got the peaks, we got the valleys. And you can also think of our emotions like Mother Nature. Sometimes Mother Nature is like 80 degrees and sunny in Puerto Rico where Sarah is. And sometimes (laughs) it's a bit of cold in Philadelphia where I am. (laughs) And sometimes it's a hailstorm and sometimes it's right all the above. And so, Sarah, you had this experience, as did I, in the same classroom of really having to face your grief. And what's amazing is shifting it, right? You've learned how to shift it, how to alchemize. I love the word alchemy. Yeah. Because we're all alchemists, right? Yes. How do you describe this alchemy? Uh, I love that term alchemy as well, because that's exactly what it is. So there's a moment when you are in the depth of sadness, you are just lost in this ocean of sadness, the tears feel bottomless, the pit feels bottomless. And it's like, you could just cry, cry an ocean. And I remember being in that exact moment in that classroom. And I didn't think that I could, you know, ever stop the tears. But then what happened was we're instructed to just very slowly begin to bring a slow hip circle into the tears and very slowly run your hands maybe down the side of your hair over your chest and to bring that connection back into the body into the sensual piece of the body And when you can take all that pain, don't leave any ounce of tears behind it, but bring forth that sensual power into the equation, it's literally the gift of coming home to yourself, coming home to your power. Because a woman's sensual power is what powers this world. I mean, it's the most powerful force on earth. And so to bring that into the mix, is truly alchemy. It's almost like having a crygasm where like you're at the depth of tears and the only place to go from here is to bring in the pleasure and let the tears flow while you're feeling into your own sensual energy. Mm. Okay. There is so much that I want to take out my highlighter on here and put into a picture frame on the wall so that we remember it forever. First of all, I always see my guests, you don't. And while Sarah is talking, she is, first of all, she's in her sexy red lipstick. She's wearing some sort of gorgeous lingerie, I think. I'm not sure. So fucking turning me on. And (laughs) oh my God, I should take a picture. And as she's talking, she's sharing about the grief and my heart went there, right? Like I really had tears in my throat as you started speaking And then when you started talking about the hip circles, I started doing them as well. And I hope you all did too. If not, rewind this about two minutes so that you can even just go through that small, short process of noticing, right? Noticing how when you start bringing your body, your feminine body, into the emotion, you do alchemize it. Because, Sarah, as you so beautifully said, a woman's sensuality powers the world. Right? Like everyone say that to yourself. A woman's sensuality powers the world. Underline 
highlight, frame it, put it on a coffee mug. Let's not forget that every being alive came from woman. Mm. And that's how a woman's sensuality powers the world. And let's own that. We've been made to feel bad and wrong for being a woman, for having a menstrual cycle, for all the things that lead us to be the creatrixes, the creators of this world. So thank you, Sarah. That was so powerful. Yeah. Mm, Gorgeously framed. So you're having this experience. You're coming into your body and you're starting to feel alive is the sense I'm getting because I'm seeing you and you're so juicy alive (laughs) in a whole new way. Mm-hmm. And, you know, I had desired to be a sensual being my, you know, for most of my adult life, I had always wanted to walk with that sense of confidence in my body, that sense of connection in my body. And I didn't know that it was the unattended grief mm. that was the blocker there. And the object of this tool is not to remove the grief. It's not to make it go away. It's to move with it. And when we embrace it, like we were saying, embracing all the peaks, the valleys, all 88 keys of the piano of our emotional range, there's this divine coming home to our own sensual side that's accessible because we can harness all of that raw emotional power of our grief because that is, I mean, that's like what moves mountains and creates, you know, incredible like Kali energy, right? Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. If any of you don't know the goddess Kali, she is the goddess of fire, right? She, ah, she burns up what is not needed in the world and in ourselves And grief, when we look at the psychological research, grief represents loss. That's all it is. You know, we we grieve because we lost something. And if we lost something, that means it was important to us. And I often think if we can keep going deeper into the layers under grief, and we said, we get to the point of, oh, this was something important to me. And this really shows me what I love and then what I desire. That's the alchemy, right? It's like we can get stuck in grief or we can use it. We can use it to really get clear and have that be the great igniter of our desires. Yeah, it's really incredible if we think about um, our relationship to the shame that we have around feeling emotions. Mm. You know, when a two-year-old or a three-year-old is having a temper tantrum in the grocery store aisle because they're not getting the candy bar that they want, that's a perfectly acceptable thing for that child to do. And we all have some level of, you know, understanding, compassion, tolerance (laughs) for that experience, (laughs) right? But then we grow up and it's like, at what point, at what age does it become unacceptable for us to feel our feelings. And this is with both men, women, non-binary, like just the experience of feeling our feelings, there's like this cutoff point where it's no longer an accepted piece of society. And so this work of feeling the feelings in the body is medicine. It's medicine to like that child in us, that original essence who knows how to feel our feelings. Yes you know, I'm having this experience with my baby where he feels it all. He's so present with his emotion. One moment we are, he is laughing. He is giggling. He is smiling. The next second he's in rage. And it's like, what just happened? I don't know what just happened, you know? And of course, how can I fix it? And it's teaching me so much. Yes. The allowance, you know, and I know that it's going to happen that I will be that mom in the grocery store and I will be mortified and I will be right <laughs> like all the things. And I want to remember in that moment that he's actually having a very normal response, right? It is not normal to suppress our emotions. Mm-hmm. And I have a theory on depression that depression is suppression. 
Mm. Because we have suppressed our emotions, we've suppressed our truth, we've suppressed our desires, we've suppressed, and then of course it shows up as depression in our lives. And emotions that we're supposed to be happy, right? We everyone tells us little girls, turn that frown upside down. I remember once I was in Florida on vacation with my family, and I was like 19 or 20, and I was talking to my boyfriend at the time on the phone, and we had gotten into a fight. So I'm walking down the street like like sour pussy. You know what I mean? I'm walking down, yes. like I'm walking down the street, all like unhappy, you know, yeah. angry, sad. I don't remember all the emotions. And this group of, they work male construction workers. They started saying to me, come on, girl, smile. Give us a smile. You're prettier when you smile. Mm. Haven't we all had that? Like as if, screw you. I'm allowed to be angry in this moment. I'm allowed to be sad in this moment. And there was a part of me that did not say screw you that really was like, oh, okay, yeah, I'm supposed to be pretty and happy in this moment because I didn't know better at 19. Yes. I think there's so much value in taking a moment to think about all the things that we've absorbed about expressing emotion growing up and to just do a little internal check of what, what you heard growing up that formulated how you feel comfortable showing up with your emotions and then entering into these spaces where your full range is welcomed. It's just so powerful. That is so powerful. I don't know if you remember those moments, Sarah. I know I do. As soon as you said that, you know, I grew up the youngest of three. I was always told I was the perfect child and the happy one. (laughs) And so that was my label, how ironic or not that I would go into the field of happiness. But the I was very clear that I really should never show up unhappy. Mm-hmm. I think that's such a common, common thing, especially amongst women. But men get the same conditioning as well, right? Mm-hmm. Many, many of us. I know for me, it was like, you know, I had one parent die. So if I if I did anything wrong or um, didn't keep a smile or pleasant smile on my face or stay pleasant in my my demeanor that I was afraid another parent would die from just, you know, natural conditioning of that experience. I think that that's really common amongst children who lose a parent, right? Mm-hmm. Oh my gosh. My heart is just like so much pressure. I can only imagine. We jump through hoops to keep it together. Yeah. Do we ever, do we ever, thank goodness Thank goodness for you and for the spaces you create and the spaces that we all create to not have to be that. (laughs) You are welcome to be messy in Sarah's world, in my world. You are welcome, welcome, welcome to be your full self. Yes. Points for messiness. (laughs) Right. Points for messiness. Points for your full range of emotions. We want to hear your anger. We want to hear your sadness. We want you to feel it all. Yes. Because we know it's powerful, right? Like anger Mm -hmm. also... Anger really tells us what we're passionate about. Anger tells us that there is some sort of unmet need here, like the child in the grocery store. So it's all powerful. It's all information. And right now, Sarah, there's so much grief. Mm-hmm. You must be you must be busy, woman, because there is so much grief with all that's been happening with COVID and loss in a million ways, right? Yeah. Absolutely. I think that um, this was what sparked leaving the corporate world because I just felt this huge need to serve and to help as many people as possible in this collective, collective time of grief and mourning and loss and uncertainty. Mm. So I want to invite all of you who are listening. This is a safe space for you to get in touch with your own grief. And you might be surprised that there might be something as Sarah was talking about from 30 years ago that you find within you. Or maybe, and maybe, it's the collective grief. Collective grief over Breonna Taylor. Collective grief over George Floyd. Collective grief over the hundreds of others. The collective grief over what happened in the United States Capitol. Collective grief over COVID. I mean, there's a million things right now. And you might just feel into your body all the places where you're feeling grief or rage and know that it's welcome. And Sarah has generously offered to guide us through.
through this process. So I'm going to turn it over to you, Sarah. So everyone get ready because we're about to swamp it out. Yeah, we're going to try something here. So I'm going to do um, just a, a couple of songs here for us to drop into our body. And so like Karen said, just kind of checking in on what is hanging heavy on your heart in this moment, feeling that in the body, forming a connection to that pain, rooting into safety, that it is okay to feel that pain. I'm going to play a song here where I'm just going to invite you to notice how your body wants to move. Maybe you want to curl up in a ball and rock side to side. Maybe you're down on your knees. Just moving here. Here we go. Giving yourself permission to rupture. giving your grief its moment in the spotlight. them flow. They are welcome here. Keep breathing. Beautiful. Yeah, letting out what needs to come out, permission to scream, to howl, to groan, to moan, to hiss. And now we're going to move right into a sensual song, a powerful song. So I'm going to invite you to bring all of your anger, all of your grief, all of your emotional range, and take it right in to this song here. Asking your body how it wants to make your grief hot. What do your hips have to say about your grief? Maybe running your hands down your hair, down your chest, your neck. And slowly rocking your hips side to side. Just noticing how your body wants to make art of all your raw emotions. Yeah, that's right. Alchemizing it all. (laughs) Beautiful. Yeah. (laughs) Welcome home. Mm. Thank you, Sarah. I always like to share that if that felt incredibly awkward to you and to your body, that is incredibly normal, right? We have an iceberg of, of, 
emotions and we have been trained against exactly what we did just now. Your entire life has been a training against this work. So it is a practice. And if it felt awkward and clumsy, then you're doing it right. You know, Mm, I love that. If you are feeling awkward and clumsy, you're doing it right. And if you had resistance, if you're just like sitting there like, all right, when's this going to be over? Let's get back to the talk. That's information for you too, right? It's all just information and no judgment and just like, it's a place of curiosity. Like, huh, how interesting that my body is resisting or maybe I'm feeling foolish or I'm thinking, am I doing it right? It's all information, right, Sarah? Yes, exactly. I love how Regina always prompts us that if you felt absolutely nothing, that to say and to repeat to yourself, I'm so hot when I feel absolutely nothing, right? Because we have to own that too, because it's a part of our story and we're all at different levels and we're at different phases of connection to the body, right? And so this is a practice. Exactly. It's a practice. And we start our journeys in different places at different times and it's all perfect, right? It's wherever you are with that. And that was an experiment. So I don't know how the sound came out for all of you. I don't know, right? But it was like a big experiment because we could talk about this all day long, but, and it's important and different to actually practice it. Now I was holding back a little bit because I know like the main mic is right here in front of me. And all I wanted (laughs) to do was just like, you know, like, Ah! Oh my God, it's still in me. You can hear like it wants yeah. to come out because I was really in that place and 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 just the the grief of the last few months, the last four years, frankly, for me, like yeah. I could feel it all coming up for me. And then I'm like, oh, I need to make sure that everybody can hear Sarah, you know, <laughs> over my groans and moans and, and screaming. And of course, I've been doing this for a long time. And so, you know, so if you hear me, your way doesn't have to sound like my way. I love what you said, Sarah, if you curled up in a ball, you know, or you now that you've heard Sarah and I talk about, it's okay if you didn't feel it. It's okay if it felt awkward and you want to just rewind this, you know, the four or five minutes and try it again and then rewind it again and try it again. It's like, this is, this is practice. You know, this is practice and this moving through your body truly can alchemized truly does we've experienced it yeah absolutely I like to think of it as just being a your own researcher or explorer of how your body wants to move right because some days it might be just curling up in a ball on the floor and you are doing it right so other days you might be whacking a pillow against the wall or towel against the wall or pushing up against the wall just kind of playing with different, different elements. And, um, I do have a video on my website that takes you through a guided journey as well. So if you want to continue to practice, you're welcome to there at sarahchizik.com. Beautiful. And we have the, we have Sarah's, I have to tell you, Sarah, I lose my words since having a baby, which is really weird as a podcaster and speaker. Um, We have Sarah's URL. We have her website. That's what it's called. It's called a website. We have her website in the show notes. So you're going to want to make sure that you, you go there and you check that out. So someone who's listening to this and they do feel awkward. Yeah, I know it means that they're doing it right. But we do have so much conditioning around the, am I doing it right? I look silly. I look foolish. Maybe someone's sitting there. What does this really have to do with grief? How is sensuality going to help? Talk us through all of this. Yeah, absolutely. And also your um, your mom brain is so sexy, by the way. And my mom brain <laughs> is sexy. I, I have to tell you, I totally own that I'm a MILF. Like, Yeah, I, you are such a MILF. <laughs> I really think I am. I know I'm sexy. I love it. (laughs) Yeah, yeah, absolutely. So I'm so glad you asked that question because it's a real part of the work that I do with my clients. So, you know, we have various levels of layers of the brain and sometimes our grief and our loss, and it can be like we've talked about loss from anything, right? It doesn't have to be um, a parent. It doesn't have to be a person. It could be the loss of a relationship, a job, a life transition, a baby, right? There's so many different layers of loss. And so 
we store that information on the outer level of our brain, which um, is like the cognitive part of our brain, like the thinking part, right? Mm -hmm. Then it's also stored in the deeper parts of our brain, like the primal brain. And the best way to connect in and to bring healing into the deepest parts of our brain is through the body. And so, of course, it's going to feel awkward because there is this inherent level of like clumsiness that comes with moving the body in this way that we haven't been taught to, right? But I found the number one key to healing my grief is to honoring the grief that's stored deeper in the deepest parts of, of my body. And so a lot of work that I do with my clients is just gaining access to that feeling, right? Because our feelings are really stuffed down sometimes. And a lot of women are, myself included, felt like if I let this this the gates of my my grief or the gates of my emotions open up it's going to be niagara falls like there's no closing it i'm going to have to like you know quit my job i'm going to live on the streets like there there's these real life like deep seated notions of what it's like if you fully feel your grief and fully feel right if i go there i'm never coming back i mean i definitely have heard that from people and felt it myself like i just can't go there Yes. So really rooting into safety within the body, your own inner safety to feel those emotions. And um, a lot of the work is around creating a inner ecology that is filled with safety, right? That's filled with compassion for all of the emotions that come up that meets them with acceptance and love. These sound like basic things, but in the body, there's a whole nother world of muscle and tissue memory and fascia that stores this information. And so um, bringing it into the body is, is so healing. It is. It is. It, you know, there's that phrase, our issues get stuck in our tissues. And I think we sometimes forget that. That's amazing. Right? Oh, you haven't heard that? I haven't heard that. <laughs> <laughs> you get stuck in our tissues. Yeah. Yeah. And then, you know, we might go to talk therapy. And I love talk therapy. Huge fan. Right? Mm -hmm. And then wonder still, why do I feel bad? And it's because it's it's all neck up at that point. Right? Mm -hmm. And there there is so much that is stored, as you mentioned, in our brains and in our amygdala, right? It's That's the part of our brain that, that stores the most challenging, threatening, painful moments of our life. It's why, you know, at least in America, everybody can remember where we were on 9-11 because it gets, you know, stored there. And that's right next to the hippocampus, which is the part of our brain for memory. And then it gets stuck in our body. That's when, have you ever noticed, it's like if you don't attend to emotions, you start tensing up in your shoulders, you start, your stomach is gurgling, you don't feel well, you maybe have diarrhea, like IBS, whatever's going on. You're like, why am I so sick? We're so sick because we've been stuffing them down. And so if we ignore the body, you're never going to feel better. Yeah. Now, what's amazing, Sarah, and I've noticed in your life, in the short amount of time we've known each other, this flip you then have like magnetized everything that you have desired in your life. Because when we met in the School of Womanly Arts, you were still in corporate. You weren't yet a coach, right? Yeah. I don't even know if you had been dating your amazing man at that point. Very new. Very new. Okay. So now you're with this delicious man. You guys travel all over the world all the time. You are full-time sensuality coach like hello magnet 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 for all you desire like share how this process helps you magnetize yes absolutely so my desires were hidden under a pile of grief my whole life they're hidden under this pile of grief and so as soon as I started to kick up the energy of my grief I suddenly had access to my desire muscle which I truly believe is a muscle that began with me just thinking of one thing that I desired, five things I desire. And now fast forward to today, I can make lists and lists all day long of my desires. And that's a, a, a muscle memory, right? It takes some time to build. But there was this point where I had taken a look at my grief and I had faced it. And then I realized that everything in my life had to change. 
And so I said yes to this big change, which is... Oh, that's not scary. Yeah, there's tons of fear in that, right? <laughs> right. Rupturing the rupturing the very solid foundation that I had built to keep it all together, to get the job, to do this, to do that, you know, what have you. That solid foundation, I was like, all How right, go. yeah, time to bring in the wrecking ball and to rebuild the life that I wanted for myself. And suddenly mm. my dream that I thought was someone else's to live. You know, you see the influencer traveling the world and you see the other bloggers sharing their deepest kind of pieces of themselves on the interwebs. And I I had, you know, some jealousy that came up my whole life. And jealousy is amazing because it is my compass to what I want for myself. It is my GPS to my desire list. Preach. Yes. Yep. Yes. Everyone, we've talked about this before, but make sure maybe you're hearing it in a different way or for the first time that you take this down. Jealousy tells you what you desire, period. Yeah, exactly. And so I really decided that I could build my life from this place of pleasure and things that turned me on and and brought me happiness. And so that process resulted in me leaving my corporate job and leaving that table with Jeff, <laughs> Jeff B. And I started my grief and sensuality practice. Um, and now I get to help women go through the same exact process and work the same tools that helped me where I am today. Um, it also allowed me to love myself and to really hold myself in a way that I could show up to the relationship with my boyfriend and and not push him away the way that I had with so many other Mm. men. And to know that when there is an emotionally available man standing in front of me, that that is such a gift and a blessing. And um, Mm. I feel deeply grateful for just the the depth of juiciness and love and gratitude that we have for each other. So a couple of years ago, I never would have imagined how healthy I could feel in a relationship. And here we are. And so there's now just this energy, this momentum of, you know, wherever whatever my dreams are, that they're possible. And my boyfriend has a travel business that has taken us all over the world. We went to like nine countries in our first year of of dating back in 2019 when we could travel. It's so freaking hot. I just have to tell you, it's so hot. It's so so sexy. (laughs) Where do you see, Sarah, this intersection with purpose? Because you know we're all about purpose here. Yeah. So... I think that the connection to purpose for me really came when I had cleared out a lot of the pain and cleared out a lot of the grief that was sitting on my chest. And so I think that every woman has these like maybe even small inklings of desire for herself. And it's easy to attribute them to being too big or or for someone else, not hers to live out, but it's listening to those little inklings. And once you start nurturing them like a seed, once you start fertilizing them, giving them a little bit of attention every day, maybe just writing down, I desire, whatever it might be, that little seed of desire can sprout and become so loud. It can become this huge plant that you can no longer not pay attention to. (laughs) And that was my journey, right? This little seed all of a sudden was knocking down my door with what it was that I needed to repivot my life in the direction of what really lit me up. Yeah. Yeah. It's so much juice there. And you know, one of the things I also notice about you, Sarah, is really taking your pain, your pain, your core kind of story in life around your dad has become your purpose. Yeah. And this is something I've seen in my own life. I see in so many women's lives. It's like when we can accept and even approve of and say, everything in my life has happened for purpose. This experience I went through, I wouldn't want that experience for anyone you know, to lose a parent at four. I mean, I just want to like wrap four-year-old Sarah in my arms, you know, and like take her <laughs> in. We don't want that for anyone. And how powerful 
that that became the seat of your purpose, that you now help others with grief, through grief, alchemizing it. And it is a theme I see over and over and over again. And it's such an opportunity. Whatever it is that's grieving you, whatever it is that's causing you anger, there may just be a seat of purpose there. Yes. Of, wow, this this is happening for me. And it's because I have a story to tell. It's because I have wisdom from this. It's because you became healthy through it or whatever it might be that there's something here. And it's something I've seen you do, Sarah, so beautifully, so powerfully, frankly, so quickly, right? In a short amount of time, you have created this business and 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 a flourishing life. I mean, it's really incredible. And I also see in a lot of clients, when we work through the grief and we work through the anger and we honor it, we can find those seeds. Yeah, absolutely. So good. So good. We know, Sarah, I could talk to you all day long. You know, same. I love right? Oh, I love you. I really, what this is reminding me is I just need more Sarah in my life, period, the end. So one of the things that Sarah and I talked about was as soon as we hang up the formal recording, we need to make our coffee date because our virtual coffee date, because there's just so much to catch up on. And by the way, Sarah knows this. I love her mom too. We've never met, but Mama Chiswick sent me a baby blanket. And it's so beautiful and so adorable. And when I put it on Shay recently and sent Sarah a picture for Mama Leslie and just, I mean, how kind, how kind. I'm someone she doesn't even know. And it's just beautiful and in our room and perfect, perfect. So shout out, shout out to Mama. She's going to love that. Thank you so much. (laughs) Yeah, that blanket looks adorable on Shay. Well, of course, because it's beautiful and he's beautiful and it's just all perfect. beautiful. It's true. It's true. All right. Knowing I could talk to you forever. You know, Sarah, at the end of every episode, I do something called a purpose power play round. It's when I ask my guests super random questions and whatever's the first thing that comes to your mind. I love it. Let's go. Okay. Okay. Since you're a sensuality coach, we didn't even talk a lot about sensuality. Give us like two things a woman could do right now immediately to feel more sensual or embrace her sensuality in life. Oh, I love that. So I recommend um, putting on a quick piece of music. Six Inch Heels was the one that we just listened to. Um, And just really slowly touch your body. So maybe grazing your hands through your hair, down your neck, and just feeling that connection to the body, doing a Mm. little hip circle, just all for a minute's time. Like if you're going into like a business call or something like that, doing that for a minute to just get back in your body and right with your turn on. Mm. Fire. (laughs) (laughs) Okay. Yummy. Um, And you have gorgeous lingerie. Where do we buy such lingerie? Oh, thank you. Gosh, I don't even know where I got this. Um, Let's see. Where do I buy my lingerie? I have this gorgeous, like hot, kind of like strappy piece of lingerie um, that I got at Bloomingdale's and I am blanking on the brand right now, but oh, it's like this hot turn on piece. Mm. Um, And do you ever put on lingerie for you as opposed to for your man? Always. Yes. Right? Right now, right after (laughs) this, I'm starting my, (laughs) right after this, I have my, my kickoff call for my Empower program, my four month program. And I intentionally put on my lacy undies today because it makes me feel all empowered and delicious. Yes. So ladies, do that for you. For you. Yes. Mm -hmm. First and foremost. All right, Sarah, since you so got us into our desires, give us a desire for, let's say, five years from now. Ooh, okay. This is a good one. I have a desire to be leading women's sensuality, sexuality retreats in the deserts of Morocco as a, in a partnership with my boyfriend who leads these travel excursions. And we're just going to put together like this super sexy desert retreat. Uh, Sign (laughs) us up. Thank you. Yes. More please. Oh my goddess. Yes. More please. Oh, and now she's touching her ear, which is like super like sexy and adorable and, and everything at the same time. Oh, so juicy. You juice me up, Karen. Oh, yummy. Maybe we already heard it. Favorite song. Yeah, Six Inch is always a good one. For like true joy and celebration, Higher Love by um, Whitney Houston, Kaiga <gasps> remix. It's just like... Higher, 
love. Yeah, totally. That, I mean, not yeah, that, that it sounded just, anything like her. But. <laughs> I thought that was pretty good. Thank you. <laughs> <laughs> I don't I think I could have done better than that. <laughs> yeah, it's a joyful one. Mm-mm-mm. All right, Sarah. In your heart of hearts, what's one thing every woman needs to know? Hmm. One thing that I am really connecting with lately is that every woman needs to know that it's okay to slow down. That it's okay to be the tortoise and not the hare and just trusting in like the rhythms of her natural body, whether she wants to slow it way down or just take a break, like permission to to give that slow down to oneself, I think is really, really healing. This has been for me. So wise you are. Nothing bad ever happens from slowing down. No, our brain might think otherwise, but it's not. Mm Mm-hmm. So wise you are, my friend. So wise you are. Thank you. (laughs) Sarah, you have given us so much wisdom here. You've given us such juicy, juicy goodness. We have your website in the show notes. And I want to make sure everybody follows Sarah in all the places, right? Her website, Facebook. You have a Facebook group. What's it called? Women's Swamping Circle. You can come in and share whatever is heavy on your heart and be witnessed. It is a really supportive group and I I host events in there as well. Mm, And I know you have a 10-week program. Is that right? Yeah. So coming up is Grieve and Glow. It's a 10-week program where I'm going to show you how to make grief your superpower as well. Mm. We're going to feel... Feel the feels and then reclaim your sensual radiance. And we begin uh, the third week of February. So it's going to be a group program. We'll meet weekly uh, for 90-minute calls. And there's something about that community around grief, like what Karen and I were talking about, feeling grief with all those women in the room um, that is just so extraordinary and and takes all of us higher. So I'm super excited for Grieve and Glow coming up soon. Mm, Sounds delicious. Sounds delicious. Sarah, thank you for all that you do for women. Thank you for all you do for me, for all of us. We are so grateful. We are so grateful. Thank you. Mm -hmm. So fun. For all of you out there, thank you, thank you, thank you for listening to this episode of the Purpose Girl podcast. We hope you loved it. If you did, head on over to Apple Podcasts or wherever you listen. Leave your five-star review. You know it takes 60 seconds, and your one-sentence review is what is helping women all over the world find the Purpose Girl podcast and change their lives. Share this podcast with every woman you know who's going through grief in any way, which is all of us. That's how we change the world, one woman at a time. If you haven't yet joined the Purpose Girls Facebook group, girlfriend— you missing out because every day, you know, I'm posting in there and there is so much juice, so much goodness for you to live your purpose, be that whole fulfilled, happy woman that you were born to be. With that, my love, may you live purposefully. May you love yourself and may you love life. Bye for now.